Hello, welcome to another King's Daily. I'm Marcus, one of the leaders here at King's Church Norwich, where we are reading through the book of Psalms together. If you're reading through the whole book of Psalms, you'll want to read the Psalms 108 and 109 today. Uh, two very different Psalms. Um, in one, David blesses God. In the other, well, he, he prays bad things will befall his enemy. And I'm, I'm kind of tempted to take the, the easy option, look at Psalm 108, but I thought um, it might be helpful to look at Psalm, Psalm 109. And uh, treasure's often found in difficult places, isn't it? So uh, I'm sure God has some precious truth for us here. Um, and so we will seek it in these rather unsettling words. So let's read Psalm 109. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me, evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. And uh, it, it does uh, it, uh, it, it, it does get worse um, uh, as you as you read through it in terms of the things that David is, is praying for uh, for his enemy things that will befall his enemy and then in, in verse 20 he says may this which is all this bad stuff be the reward of my accuser from the lord uh, of those who seek against my life now in verse 21 is uh, is perhaps more um uh, familiar to us uh, but you O god my lord deal on my behalf for your name's sake because your steadfast love is good deliver me for i am poor and needy and my heart is stricken within me with my mouth uh, I will give th uh, great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. As Spurgeon said of, of this psalm, that it's, well, it tests our teachableness, which is certainly true. And um, I, well, my, my first uh, uh, thought as I read this uh, psalm is to con consign it to the Old Testament in some kind of clumsy hand-waving way oh that's this uh things are different now jesus has come that, that kind of thing and it may have some some truth to it uh, in part but actually the new testament quotes uh this psalm and other psalms like it they crop up quite a bit in the new testament and so i think we need to be a bit more precise in our analysis and application of them now luke records for us in Acts that uh, well Peter sees a fulfilment of at least some of this psalm in Judas Iscariot he he says of him for it is written in the book of Psalms may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his his office now the first bit there is from Psalm 69 which is similar uh, to so 109 things that are they're prayed for and the last bit though um, let another take his office is from, from our psalm uh, 109 one we're looking at right now and actually, Psalm 109 fits the situation quite well of Jesus, Jesus and, and Judas. Jesus loved Judas, took him as a friend, yet Judas betrayed him terribly. And Judas returned Jesus's love with hate. Now, David penned these words about one of his friends uh, who betrayed him. We're not sure which one. They're going to be various candidates. Um, uh, but the whole thing does seem to fit very well um the 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 situation of jesus and and judas and judas's betrayal of 
of Jesus. And um, if uh, it was certainly Peter sees the uh, some of these words as applicable to Judas, then um, if he's the antagonist, then Jesus could be the protagonist in this in this psalm. And now I know we're not really focusing on Psalm 69, but since it's similar, I thought it would be helpful to see how it too is, is used in the New Testament. We've already seen one, one example of Peter using it. But the Apostle John quotes from Psalm 69 as well. Um, uh, he says, uh, in, in refer again, in reference to Jesus, zeal for your house will consume me, which again uh, indicates to me that other statements in the psalm could also be read as Jesus's words. And Paul um, quotes Psalm 69 as well in reference to those who reject or distort or oppose the gospel in uh, Romans 11, um, 9 to 10. He quotes verses 22 and 23 of Psalm 69. Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a, a, re a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. Now we might find it hard, but Jesus has been appointed by his father, not only as the saviour of the world, but as as a judge who will pronounce God's righteous judgments and, and the curses that sin brings about upon rebels and, and wrongdoers. And all this um, really leaves me kind of wondering if there might not um, perhaps be times when it's, it's right to ask that God's justice uh, come about in a situation or even in a, in, in a particular person when when we or those we love are the recipient of such horrendous evil and betrayal that these kind of words might appropriately express and pronounce something of God's imminent and, and ultimate justice. Now, one of the things that, that characterises the Psalms, it seems to me, is their rawness. They're not just nice religious prayers, but they cover a whole range of our emotions. And so, so again, perhaps maybe there are times when we, we find ourselves crying out to God, uh, for, for justice in the face of terrible evil but I think that while we want to express ourselves honestly to God we we do need to be careful at least I you know I, I sense some 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 possible uh, pitfalls here I mean there's the danger that our that our earnest prayer for justice can be hijacked by a desire to take matters into our own hands or in, indeed that into, into our own hearts rather than trusting God to bring about justice in his time there's a danger that we fall into self-righteousness in kind of being in that place where we're we're focusing on someone else's uh, sin and evil and we're praying for God's judgment on them we can there's, there's the danger that we're blinded to our own guilt and our own deep need for God's mercy and forgiveness there's the danger that we overlook that God can do wonderful things through uh, weakness and, and our and our suffering and finally, there's the there's a danger that we we don't extend the love and the grace to those around us as Jesus did and taught us to do. I mean, Jesus said, "Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you." And Paul, uh, he wrote, "Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse." So Jesus and Paul, they 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 do speak strong words to people. Um, we don't want to gloss over those or pre pretend that you know they're, they're not there. Uh, they, they point out God's judgment on sin and especially where it kept others from God's grace. But uh, again, we need to be careful. So uh, here's I mean, here's what this psalm, psalm says to me as I, as I read it. Here's here's what uh, the, the kind of the, the direction and so on I feel from God as I certainly as I'm reading through it as I read through the psalms uh, right right now. 
first of all, um, it, it reminds me that God is holy and just and that he hates sin and will come against it with the full force of his wrath. I mean, the Holy Spirit inspired David uh, to, to write these things and they do express something of God's hatred of sin. But, but here's the thing, something that occurs to me is that the fate described in these, in these Psalms, Psalm 69, Psalm 109 and others like them, that would be mine outside of the grace of God these these curses or something like them would have fallen on me and my sin would have resulted in God's just condemnation of me for my actions but wonderfully wonderfully in the person of Jesus God God took the curse that should have been on me and Jesus uh, was cursed in my place um, for my sin and rebellion and for our sin and rebellion and we all at one time or another have betrayed God's love and spurned his friendship but because of Jesus we can be forgiven and adopted and receive mercy praise God for that so um, so my first prayer when reading this is to thank my heavenly father for sending Jesus uh, to be cursed in my place and I just think about the the love that was expressed in that and I'm just the gratitude in my in my heart for, for what he did for me my second prayer is seeing something of the terrifying nature of God's wrath against evil here uh, and knowing the grace that I've received um, I just want to pray for for God's love to be known by those who are spurning it who who maybe downright hate him and who are uh, just entangled and and just kind of doing doing things that are wrong that, that their life would not be forever cut off in a curse, that they would come to know the grace that, that many of us um, now enjoy. My third prayer, though, uh, is at times for justice to be done. First, of course, on the cross where Jesus was punished in our place, uh, looking back, but right now in front of us, there are situations that we read about, that we hear about, or even the experience in our own lives, and we pray that God... God's justice would be done so that evil would be restrained and, and so that the inevitable consequences of sin would be revealed in the here and now. And thirdly, kind of looking forward, pray that justice would be done at Jesus' second coming when he, he will return to judge the world in righteousness. So this, this psalm is prophetic. It's uh, prophetic of Jesus, I think, but it, it helps it certainly helps me to realize that some of it points more to Jesus's second coming than his first now at his second coming he will say to to some depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels but at his first coming when he came or uh, in uh, born as a, as a as a man incarnate uh, 2000 years ago he and then he, he grew up and he lived as, as we should have lived and he died the death for us. And he even as, as evil and wicked people were crucifying him, he called out from the cross, didn't he? My, um, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This, this characterizes his first coming. So there will come a time when Jesus returns to judge. But right now we're in a season of grace. We can pray uh, for justice, but we can also ask God that in in wrath he would remember mercy and that the mercy and grace that we have found would be uh, enjoyed by others um, so uh, uh, 
I hope that's uh, that's helpful to you. I mean, uh, um, lots lots else we could say, and uh, maybe look at some of uh, the the. I'll leave you to look at perhaps the the last part of this this psalm. It's a, perhaps a little bit more straightforward, a challenging psalm. But um, if it causes us to think deeply uh, about God's word and meditate on it and search deeper into uh, into God's character and ways and and to and, and to see and know Jesus more clearly and to be more uh, grateful for uh, God's God's forgiveness to us and um, uh, then it's a, it's a good thing. So I, I pray uh, for us. I pray for for you uh, that it, this would give 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 you give us a, a deeper appreciation, a greater appreciation of of God's God's holiness, His hatred of sin and the curse of sin and just the the what sin results in but also more of an appreciation and a joy in the, the glory of god's blessing upon us in jesus god bless you